to The Fulfilled Accountant, the podcast that teaches you how to actually enjoy your work as an accounting or finance professional and have a life. Learn the tools to live with less stress and feel fulfilled, happy, and valuable while also creating the success you desire in your career. If you're finished playing the game by outdated rules, you're in the right place. I'm your host, former accountant and multi-passionate entrepreneur turned life coach, Sarah Nemechek. Welcome back to the Fulfilled Accountant Podcast, where we talk about everything about your life in accounting and finance, except the actual accounting and finance. Today, I want to talk about a question that I think a lot of very smart people struggle with, but that isn't really talked about very much in public and certainly not in a constructive way. And that question is this, how do I reconcile working for incompetent people? And you may have a version that is more meaningful to you, like, why are all my bosses so bad at XYZ thing? I should be in charge here. Why don't I go into business for myself? What's wrong with these people? What am I doing with my life working here? Things like that. And honestly, these types of thoughts are often what motivate us to go out on our own and start new businesses, which can be great. But what if you actually like your job for the most part, or you have no interest in starting a business, at least not right now? The issue still remains for you. How do you show up each day thinking that your boss or your bosses are idiots and not go insane or sacrifice your standards or stop working well or whatever so that you can stay there? And if you work mostly on your own, you probably have had similar mental frustrations about your clients. So this will work for that as well. Just change the word boss to client. And if you have other people in your life, you can put their names in here too, because it's a similar process for whoever you're dealing with. Let's start with what doesn't work and what most of us do in this type of situation. We generally go to our friends, our family, or our coworkers, and we complain. We tell them all the stories, we play with the drama, and we share with them how terrible these people are and tell them all the stories, right? And we're basically seeking commiseration and validation that, yep, we are the blameless victims here. These people are crazy. Look at what I have to deal with. Give me sympathy. Hear me out. And listen, that is exactly what your friends, family, and coworkers are there for. Maybe not all the time, but that is what that relationship is all about. You are supposed to share stories, talk about what pisses you off and frustrates you. It's part of being human and being in relationships. Venting, chatting, and sharing the experience with you and letting you get it off your chest is something that friends and family do for you. As long as you don't overdump on them, you don't want to overstay your welcome or start to do it so often that they're like, oh my gosh, here we go again. If you start to notice that a little venting here and there isn't enough for you, or you feel the same or worse after those venting sessions, keep listening today. Because I'm sharing how I coach my clients through these same experiences, and it's very different than what you do with your friends. So we start with the facts. No, not the fact that your boss is doing everything wrong. <laughs> Let's just start with the fact that you and your boss and anyone else involved in this story are all humans. You could probably agree with that statement, right? We want to start the work in a neutral or at least not charged emotional state. So instead of saying, yep, I'm here to talk about my incompetent boss, you want to say, I'm here to talk about the person that I work for, even if maybe saying the word boss angers you as well, right? Next, I want you to pretend that you are explaining the problem about your boss to someone who wants to help you, but also can only help you with things that you can agree are facts. 
that's part of the benefit of working with a coach or someone outside of your usual circle who hears your stories over and over is you haven't developed that kind of rapport or that expectation of here we go again. This is how it is. You know me so well, like you don't expect someone to know you. So you kind of like have to look inward and be like, oh, maybe I should really think about how I'm saying this. It's a way to force yourself to check in and look at facts versus stories, which we're always talking about here. For instance, most of the issues that you see in your, quote, incompetent boss are things that you see in him that seem to be lacking in some area. It's probably something like a lack of technical knowledge, maybe some shortcomings in management and people skills, maybe business acumen, time management, client service, or some other somewhat specific and identifiable area. So start there. Then you can get even more specific and identify some very specific behaviors, actions, words, or instances that demonstrate the incompetence as you see it. This forces you out of the vague, fully encompassing frustration about your boss that you tend to feel probably. And like when you're just like, oh my gosh, they're just overall incompetent. I can't even. It stops that and forces you to really look at what is the specific thing. You have to define it. You can't just be like, ugh, they're awful. Tell me why. Pretend I have no idea because actually I don't have any idea because I don't know you or your boss right now, right? Even though you probably enjoy grousing about your boss, simply labeling her as incompetent in general and then writing her off actually makes your day more frustrating because you then process every interaction through that lens of judgment. You're already against her in some way because you're just so focused on how she's wrong. Labeling can be very useful when you're naming something specific, like a specific action or feeling. And a lot of times I ask people to use labeling, like label this feeling, label this thing that's happening. But in this case, labeling people in general tends to focus your brain on a singular opinion that you have from one or a few experiences and then blinds you to all other perceptions about a person. Meaning, If you find yourself describing someone primarily with adjectives and not in terms of specific actions that they took or words that they wrote or said, you are engaging in labeling that keeps you stuck and closed to options for change. For a lot of my clients, this exercise of naming facts and noticing the labels that you use is highly effective at getting them out of the negative and dramatic space of simply feeling frustrated and powerless in the face of what seems like total incompetence which then opens you to finding thoughts that might actually help you feel more motivated and interested in your work again. Have you noticed that I'm not asking you to simply suck it up and pretend nothing is wrong, get over it, stop being upset about this? No, that's really not very effective because clearly it's on your mind. And I'm also not suggesting that you have to prove that your boss is amazing. Like, let's find ways that your boss is awesome and really intelligent. You are allowed to still keep thinking that he's an idiot. But if you can give yourself even a little bit broader mental approach, the way that I'm kind of outlining it here, you'll find it's a lot easier to get through each day and you might even enjoy yourself more. The other major tool we use is getting clear on what you're thinking about your boss and how that's impacting the way you feel and work. And yes, this totally matters. When you have a general working belief that your boss is incompetent, missing skills, dropping the ball, or whatever things that irk you are, why is that actually a problem for you? Because that is the piece that really matters here. Clearly, we understand that you think your boss is an idiot in some way. But why do you care? Here's what a lot of my clients tell me. These types of thoughts. It's embarrassing to have to pick up the pieces around my boss's mistakes when I talk to clients or colleagues. 
She's holding back the firm from rewarding growth opportunities like more money, more profit, or better clients. I'm tired of always having to cover for him. I don't know how to respond to questions from my own team and clients regarding my boss's choices. I have to work harder to keep making up for his mistakes. And I just don't like it. So when these types of thoughts come up, it feels pretty heavy to just keep working, right? You probably feel something like resentment, hopeless or helpless, embarrassed, or even angry. Probably a whole lot of other things come up too, but these are some of the common ones. The problem is that when you feel these things, you aren't as effective at work, and you certainly don't feel good while you're doing the work, which leads to new thoughts and circling of thoughts and just kind of rehashing it and obsessing and spiraling all day long which probably compounds your frustration and reinforces those thoughts about how your boss's incompetence is impacting and causing your own performance issues. Basically, you just continue in a spiral, thinking these things, going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, over and over and like never really pulling yourself out of it. And listen, you are absolutely allowed to keep every single one of these thoughts and feelings. You can feel frustrated where you are. You're allowed to do that. In fact, that's a very normal response, and I'm not telling you to fight it, but I want you to recognize it and know that you have choices and know that there's things you can do to help yourself. So you get to choose whether you keep working at the same job. Do you stay in the same department if your company is big enough? Do you have to work with the same bus? There's probably ways that you can make a change and stay at the same company. You can also leave the job, but you likely have reasons that you like for staying in this job or keeping this client. And I suggest that you identify those reasons if you do want to stay and have them handy so you can revisit them when you are frustrated if staying is what you prefer. Simply doing that, taking the time to notice the choices that you have and why you're making them can really help you feel more control in the situation. Even if you do nothing else and we don't change any thoughts about your boss, knowing that you're choosing it and knowing that you like your reasons can totally change things. If this is the game you want to play, the game being doing this job with this boss in this way, then you need to accept the rules of the game, the way your boss behaves or speaks that we're discussing here. And then you stop fighting them mentally. Letting go of making it a problem and resisting it is surprisingly energizing because that's what most of the frustration is, is you thinking about it over and over in your mind and fixating on it and giving yourself all these stories about why you have no control and no power here. And then here's the last step that I want to offer you. Challenge your beliefs about why your boss's actions or words are a problem for you. Or challenge your thoughts that your boss is wrong or problematic in the first place. Really depends on which way you want to go with it. Again, the point is not to force a false feeling belief through your brain, because that just doesn't work. That's like toxic positivity, right? We're not just going to be positive for the sake of being positive. The point is we're calming your emotions enough to open your mind to trying on other possibilities or perspectives that might make your work more enjoyable, or at least more palatable. And you might even find new opportunities or things that you can take from the situation instead of thinking that you're just in this dead-end place. So here are some thoughts that could help you interrupt your current thoughts about your boss and maybe even see her in a more positive light. And remember, this applies to anyone in your life that you're labeling. Just because I don't see the logic of their actions or approach doesn't mean they're wrong or incompetent. There are multiple ways to get to the same place. I may not agree with my boss's choice, but perhaps it can work. Flip side of that, which I also like, is how do I know that my ideas are right? 
This job gives me exposure to many interesting projects, people, and opportunities. My boss's behavior, choices, etc. are only one piece of the overall experience. I can learn a lot from this situation and use this in my future, even if one of the lessons is these are things I will not replicate in the future. My boss's actions and words are not my own. They are not a reflection of me. My boss is paying me to do a job, which helps me afford a life that I enjoy and save for a future that I desire. I get to decide if I want to stay and play in this arena or make a change. What if this is my boss's best? He's likely doing the best with what he knows right now. Now, the point here is to try on ideas. I'm not saying these ideas are right. I'm not saying they're new facts that you need to accept. And I don't want you to doubt yourself or gaslight yourself. That's totally not the point here. It's just to open your mind to other things so you can think more clearly and not stay in a negative place that doesn't serve you. If you try on one or more of these thoughts, what do you notice? Do you feel a little calmer, maybe? Maybe you feel some patience, sympathy, relief. All of those feelings tend to lead to more productive actions, more compassionate thoughts, and a lighter feeling workday for you. They open your mind. And you don't have to embrace these thoughts instantly or ever. Simply giving them some airtime as possibilities can change your mood and help you get back on track with your day. Instead of obsessing over what's wrong with your boss and feeling totally out of control. You can take this work as deep and far as you like. Some of my clients work to go all the way and develop completely new ways of thinking about the people they work with. Others just want to be able to get through a certain amount of time or a particular project with less stress about the people that they're working with. And others get everything they need simply from these exercises that we just went through. They clear their heads, calm their bodies, and they're ready to go. No matter what your goal, applying the techniques you learned today will help you feel less trapped as you work through an otherwise stressful day or environment. And when you can get to feeling calmer, you can think clearly, and then you can make more certain and powerful decisions about what you really want. So none of this was to just make you stay complacent where you are. It's helping you decide why you're there and if you like it and what you want to do about it. So as always, thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Thanks for tuning in and remember to come back for more each week to keep your brain operating at its highest level so you can enjoy your accounting and finance career while also having a life you love. Want even more tips on living a life you love while feeling less stressed and more fulfilled in your accounting and finance work? Get on my email list where I share new perspectives every week. Seriously, I think you'll enjoy these emails. Sign up at the link in the show notes or by visiting my website at sarahnemachek.com.